previously on the mortal path. Oh, we're, we're here to visit one of the prisoners, if we may. I'll uh, take your names, if that's alright, please. Yeah, uh, my name's Meredith Burrows. Mm-hmm. And uh, you two? Natalie Nightingale. Mm-hmm. And you? Uh, Fontleroy Pentaramir. <laughs> Good, great, great. Sorry, just blew my levels. All right. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think I've seen her. Broken in somewhere or something? What's she been up to? Well, we have a uh, reason to believe, sir, that she is a uh, dangerous uh, criminal who uh, has access to sorts of uh, magics and has been uh, doing something untoward in the area. And that she magics. Is, uh, yep, she. I saw it actually this bit with my own eyes, sir. She fifteen foot fucking vertical leaped into the air. Over fifteen foot 15. vertical leap. We measured the wall, sir. Actually, it was fifteen point one. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> she will be taken in uh, to to custody, and we will be taking good care to make sure that she Wait, doesn't. The, the lower lanes. Well, of course, sir. Is that where she is? Well, we don't know, sir. But that is where most of the criminals do hang out, sir. Well, I'll be sure to stay away. I would very much recommend that, sir. <laughs> on any given day, not just this day. The the extent of their powers is so far-reaching that anywhere on Alphalan is risky to have knowledge of that plan. <laughs> uh, their name is Ludicrous Bulge. <laughs> <laughs> This title, this enigma, rings out in your mind. <laughs> I start laughing, and I look at Vesper, and I go, "That's not a real name." Wait, hang on, hang on, shit, shit, shit. Wait, Jink, will the hang, hang, oh, okay. Uh, that's not good. That's not good at all. Jink, Jink, if we open the door, will it be still sealed? No, that's not how these types of rooms work. Can you just, can you just, you and, you and, you and Nat, can you just, uh, can you just close your, put your hands over your ears? Will that work? Is that good? Will that actually block out the sound? Will that, will that manage it? We need to, I need to have a word with Nerium. Are you all right, boss? You're, you're looking mighty uh, panicked. Nerium, don't say anything. Nerium, nothing, nothing, say nothing. Point Zip at it. Vesper. No, no. And cast message so that only Vesper can hear me and say, if you need to speak in silence, you can reply to this message. You do notice, Nerium, as you start pointing, because your passive perception is 17, as you start pointing at Vesper, uh, Neutral Jing just does move one hand slowly to like one of the <laughs> handles of his blade. Uh, and he Attack is looking, he's looking mighty suspect as to what's happening here. All right, Nerium, I hope you're aware of how fucky this is now. Uh, I cast message again, it's a cantrip, and I say, I mean, Ludicrous Bulge sounds pretty fucky to me. Great, I'm glad <laughs> Is that I'm... a real person? Yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad you're finding this so funny. Well, I can't believe it's real. That's just silly. I planned this for like 10 years. Are you serious? 
So when we leave, assume I'm recasting message for this. Yep, yep, yep. So when we leave this room, Lu- sorry, Ludicrous Bulge, who is a real person, is going to know that you want to kill him and is going to magically appear on the doorstep and get you first. No, because I'm going to turn, well, I'm going to let Taro take back in charge. And I'll be fine because, you know, Taro bears no ill will towards, yeah, it's funny, ludicrous bulge, ha ha ha, laugh it up. <laughs> <laughs> but you're the one who isn't doing anything about it. See, so it's not quite me who's going to be in trouble. Oh, I see what you mean. Well, presumably, uh, there's the potential for me to uh, not assist you in uh in this so if ludicrous bulge finds me then i can explain it to him nicely he sounds like the sort of person i'd get on with <sighs> this would be so much easier if i could just kill you <laughs> god damn it okay you can fucking try it's fine i'm not going to you've done nothing wrong i mean other than the mind reading thing which like i get it yeah it's fine no bother yeah i mean Ludicrous bulge. Ah, uh, I don't have an answer for you here. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, how long has he been out there then? More than ten years. Yeah, he's old. Like, like old, old, old. Right. So, but still powerful. Yeah. That's what I was told, anyway. What are you killing him for? Why are you killing him? A lot of money. <laughs> and, you know, a couple of titles. You know, the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. From who? It's, it's none of your business. Honestly, you don't... You need... You already know too much. And I, I know that sounds trite, but really... Really, it's a problem. All right, yeah. We'll leave it be, and I'm sure it's fine. But, Vesper, I think I like you more now than I ever have before. You actually seem like you're a real person. Great, great. Love it. Big fan. Love this whole <laughs> being like thing. Fantastic. That's just what I wanted. You know, that's what I wanted when I came in here. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll pop out. It'll be great. I'll have some fun. People will like me. Great. <laughs> love it. Fantastic. You and Taro have more in common than I realised. Um, So you're like a master assassin, though. Yeah, I guess if you say it like that. Yeah. I mean, that sort of undersells it, but okay. And you know everything that Taro's doing. Have you got any thoughts about this whole murder thing? The Peleth thing? I mean, not... I think I probably look around and I'm like, Naren, we don't need to do this Vola message thing anymore, right? Just don't, don't talk about. No, shit. that's true. That's a really good point, right? Yeah. So. Anyway, if I were going to offer my professional opinion, I would point out the fact that it's fairly clear to me that Pellas probably did not, in fact, do this murder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole two people being seen in two places at once indicates a sort of uh you know a face changing charm type thing you know like 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 that mask thing that that Tara has right the, the findex now is holding shapeshiftery things yeah yeah i mean at that point i suppose it means that like maybe alwyn wasn't actually killed by his mum i mean the thing is right these are these are as far as your adventure goes these things seem to be dime a dozen right like uh everyone's has a fucking shapeshifting thing nowadays but but back here it, you know that 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 stuff is big, right? That's 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 those are the big guns. You only bust out something like that if if it's worth a lot to you. 
Yeah. Which to me indicates the dozen might be involved. Well, we know they're involved because we got that card. What I mean is this might be a hit, right? Yeah. Or a warning or something. What do you think, Nat? I don't think the card necessarily shows the dozen is involved because even though it's a calling card, as Mr. Jing, you've pointed out, it's not something that is left for the police to find. I believe it was Avalier who produced the card and Avalier, I don't know. His, his role in this is still a mystery to me. Either he's being used as a tool. Well, he, he, uh, is, he is definitely he, a yeah. tool. <laughs> he, is, he is being used as a tool for someone, but for what? Now, it's worth bearing in mind that Avalier has a sister. Yes. Who is Avalier's sister? Avrian. She's um, she's quite dangerous. She she's definitely more on the on the silent killer side than the uh, general crime shenanigans. I've come across Avrian once or twice in the last ten years. She is highly respected in certain circles for her certain skill sets and her. Honestly, chilling ruthlessness when it comes to getting a job done. Yeah, she's um. I, if anything, I'm I'm more scared of her. Does she have any links to the dozen? Well, she's got links to her brother. They're pretty close. Ah, uh, I'm thinking more that maybe her brother has links to her. Yeah, that's very possible. I would imagine if it were to be any way around, it would be more of that sort of deal. But Avrian. Uh, doesn't like to be tied down to any particular payer, so to speak. She is the type that you order when you're out of other options. Because as soon as she has anything on you, or a hit comes out for you, she'll turn on you as easily as she turned on whoever you sent her against. Yeah, I think her brother's probably the only loyalty she's got. People these days have no standards. <laughs> you know, uh, I've actually maybe... said that to her before, and I do sometimes think about it at two in the morning when I'm feeling particularly <laughs> paranoid. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> who was was Lady Who was Lady Baldus? Blah 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 blah. Was Lady Velvet Fuck, I can't say that word. Blady Blaybub. <laughs> ah, Lady Beyblade. <laughs> 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 Who was Lady Belver's husband? Am I right in thinking Lord Belver, or was it a Big Belver, Baby <laughs> Belver? <laughs> I, I so I think I actually did talk about this last episode, and I'm trying to now remember. Uh, I think... he was fr- he was a sir from Sindarian. Yeah, that's all we've got. No, he wasn't a lord, and he certainly wasn't from Hopewell. He was from Sindarian. Um, I believe that he was of fine stock but nothing too uh, exceptional he took her name when they moved to Hopewell and you mentioned the death was in suspicious circumstances it was Uh, suspicious how may I ask suspicious being that he drowned in his own house in a bathtub (laughs) that uh, you can drown in under two inches of water you know (laughs) you are Absolutely right, boss. However, he was a uh, large man, and 
to have drowned in that bathtub would have taken certain contortions that I'm not sure he would have actually been up to, if you catch my drift. Oh? It's lunch o'clock. I'm sorry, am I disturbing you from <laughs> your... <laughs> no, it's because Nat, Nat's got a very strict protein schedule to keep the muscles going. How did you know what time it is? Oh, I always know what when the next time. <laughs> she, she, she always knows what time it is. That's a very useful and odd skill. <laughs> I don't know if I like that more or less than the silent pointing at each other for three minutes. You love it. You love it. Watch this, Nat. Which way's north? Oh, it's that way. Yeah. See. It's a great party trick. I love it. Love to see it. Neutral Jing just like slowly claps. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. You're talking about uh, a large man contorting in a bath. Jing, these people are freaks. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I've hung out with some weird fuckers before, but these people, they take, they take their cake. I'm not kidding. Well, it looks like you're actually fitting right in, Vesper. I don't think I've ever seen you this at home in a group of people. You take that back. I absolutely will not. Anyway, he drowned in a tub too small for a man of his stature to comfortably drown in. Oh yeah, serious tones, yeah. <laughs> a man has died, Vespa. I wonder who drowned him then. Where is he buried? I should imagine he'd be interred at the same place that uh, Lady Belva was. They have a uh, mausoleum up in the upper circle. I'm sure you said that differently before, Mr. Jim. We all learn um... on the job. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, God, I had a point to make. I just lost it. Fucking lockdown, man. Um, You've only been in this room for like half an hour. I'm not keeping you here. And yet it feels like it's been three weeks already and it's about to be another three. Um, I think it's very clear that our next... The next place we need to go is this mausoleum. And then we can get Taro to do his cheerful conversation thing. Yeah, that's a good trick. Who's this Taro that you're talking about? Our friend of ours. Well, if Taro is anything like the three of you, I don't know whether I'm scared or delighted. I'm going to lean in real close, uh, look at neutral Jing in the eyes and say, Taro is worse than the three of us combined. Holy shit. Mmm. You'll either get a lot done or nothing at all with someone like that. That is usually how it works, yes. Yeah, he's a real fucking mess. <laughs> Fascinating. I take there... no responsibility for my actions. <laughs> there is another thing that's piqued my interest. Whoever this imposter is knew exactly how long all the timings were in the house the night of the murder. As in, they knew... Pelleth and Lady Belva would be in there for two hours. Fifteen minutes before the end. Not not mm. an hour before. Not not in comfortable time. Fifteen minutes before the end, they would come in and bribe the servants. So they had some familiarity with the situation. In addition to that, Pelleth gets home to the Laughing Cat, and as she's going to her room, is apprehended by the police. Oh, you're suggesting someone might have tipped them off early. How would the police know and be able to get to her as she is going to her room? I posit that Avalir was in this from the start, from beforehand, because he was playing cosy up to her. I mean, there's nothing cosy about Avalir and Peleth. It's 
yeah, trust me, I mean, tried that once, yuck. Peles said he was acting more friendly to her than usual. Yeah. In the time leading up. Oh, I think he's well involved in this, and I, I, yeah. I think, like, the easy situation here would just be to, you know, get, get Avalir to, to talk to you about oh, it. Oh, God. Through whatever methods you feel like. I'm not going to make any suggestions. Yeah. Ball's entirely in your <laughs> call. Both of them. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to inquire about that. No interest. There is also the matter of the card. Yes. It would definitively prove if it was a dozen hit or not. If the card is counterfeit. I've seen Lady Brooks' uh, copy of it, and from what I can see from the copy, it looks pretty close from the last one, and the only other one that I'd seen. But see, we may be dealing with a forger here, as Peleth, the Peleth who entered into the servants' quarters and handed out the bribes, gave a note which is apparently signed by Lady Belva. That's a very good point. Ooh! I wonder what the handwriting looks like on that. I should imagine Lady Brooke would have a copy of it. That might be a, a line to inquire upon. Oh, Nat, you're so clever. I also... Not sure Lady Belva died in that fire. No, me neither. We will find out when we speak. Yeah, I was going to suggest check, yeah. check yeah. your remains. From my research, nobody else has gone missing in that time. There's no servants left or or uh, unaccounted for and what makes you think that it isn't Lady Belva there? <laughs> That's quite a claim to make. It, it's just a hunch at this point. There's a, there's a, there's a few things at play. Alright. I mean you've always got to cross the I's and dot the T's etc etc. The other way round but yeah. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Well, you're not wrong there, but generally you're... Uh... You can neither read nor write. We nor speak. <laughs> hey, it's, 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 an invo- it's, it's a difficult skill to learn. Um, you know, sometimes it's just not your business, you know? That some people aren't in the business of reading and writing, yeah, and that's totally. okay. <laughs> it's just specialisation, you know? Back in those days, it's harder to learn how totally. to read and write, you know? Yes. This, you know, this was this was 20, 25 years ago, you yeah? know, like 20, 30 years ago. Long time. Long time ago. People didn't know how to read and write. And... Are you saying that you haven't read or written anything since you disappeared? <laughs> Listen, I can't fucking read. <laughs> no, that's not true at all. We canonically have okay. you read several times. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. Oh, my tummy hurts. Mutual Jing, who has been making notes this entire time and has written has written kind of like a note of like Lady Belva not dead with a question mark. He doesn't look particularly sold on that theory. Yeah, um, total nonsense, surely. Yeah, you you haven't you haven't given him any solid evidence for that other than hunch, but he's written it down. Um, well, you know, <laughs> he doesn't. He has no idea. Um, and so he he says, right. Well, I think my next steps are to go and uh, try to speak to this Ash Willow. At least was my next plans. Are you saying that you're going to have another look if you can at Lady Belva's remains? I've already said I find it quite difficult to get into the upper circle uh, and uh, that sort of place that lets my, my lot in. 
Yeah, I think I think that's where Wait, we're going. Do you mean Lady Brooke hasn't invited you? You haven't got tickets. This is a little bit more under the table than ah. me just turning up at some fancy house in a fancy place. No, she comes to me. Absolutely not making any jokes about coming to you and under the table. <sighs> we, should, yeah. we can we can visit the mausoleum. Uh, and let's then let's we, do that. We'll, let's we'll see if that. we can find those caves. Oh yeah, gotta have a look for them. As you say that, there is the sound of a bell in the corner of the room going ding 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 ding, and neutral Jing looks up from it and he goes, "We've got company. That's not good." Oh. Uh oh. Right. Off we go then. Would you prefer not to be seen here? I don't know if I'd prefer not to be seen with you, or if I'd not, if I'd prefer to not be seen at all. Just answer the question. Well, neither, I'll say. I, I have a, a gift for you then, Mr. Ching. You've been very accommodating, and I can see we could work very well together in the future. And I'm going to reach out and touch him and turn him invisible. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Holy shit. Okay, there is a, like, half second of silence, and then the chair that Neutral Jing was sitting on kind of, like, squeaks back a bit as he clearly, like, shoves back in fright. Um, And you can't see him, but you can kind of hear the sound of, like, a cloak kind of swishing, somebody kind of flailing a bit, and he goes, What the fuck did you just do to me? It only lasts an hour. It's fine. No one will see you, unless you uh, try to attack them or make something that really, you know big way interacts with another object you should be fine it will allow you to remove yourself from the premises without being noticed right well i'm very grateful for that thank you very much i will uh be taking my leave now i suppose thanks for your help shall we reconvene here or somewhere else uh when perhaps uh perhaps somewhere else i will Send a, le- a message to uh, Lady Brooke and she can pass it on to you. How's that sound? Yeah, nice to see you again. It's been a long time. Vesper, it was a pleasure and it's so very good to see your face again. I did miss you, you know. Yeah, same for you. No. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, and Nerium? Good luck. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I, I do really mean it. Like. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, are we ready? There's like a little... Sc- scritching of like claws on wood as it's clear like neutral jing is trying to find where his hand ends against <laughs> the door um and then and then he gets it and the door like opens and it's clear that he steps out although you can't see that but you can hear his footsteps although you do hear that he is now trying to walk quietly mm-hmm. uh to to sneak away and you three are standing in this room and as you are standing there and the door is open Nerium, make me a Make me a perception check. Okay, that's totally cool. Howdy, partner. I'm not quite sure how we got round the other side of this door, but... (laughs) 18. (laughs) Okay. 18. Okay. You notice two things. Uh, uh, Very quickly, Nat and Tara, what are your passive perceptions? I think it's 13 and... Also 13? Or 12 and 13? Mine's quite low. Nine. Let me check. Oh, nine. Nine and 13? Mine's 12. 12. Okay. Um, So, Taro, you are suddenly standing in an empty room with Nat and Nerium. um, And you hear from behind you this 
vague sound of a of a ruckus coming from the kind of main bar room. Narium, uh, now mm-hmm. you don't hear anything. Suddenly, Taro has like, well, or Vespa, as far as you're aware, has broken out the uh, the, the the cowboy voice, uh, which had its debut in the Fallen City. And Narium, you hear two things. One, from the room that this corridor leads to, there is a uh, ruckus happening. It sounds mm-hmm. like there's some shouting, pushing of chairs, some people kind of yelling, door slamming. And you also feel, for a second, like something looked at you, and then that feeling is gone. Good, excellent, great, marvelous, I'm delightful. Cast disguise self, by the way. Okay. So I look not like Nat. Okay. What do you look like? <laughs> That's a very good question. I look like neutral Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the, the incredible double-double. Wow. <laughs> I look like Eusebius. <laughs> Holy shit. Nice. That's <laughs> really unnerving. Good. Excellent. Yeah. You look jacked as hell. Okay, <laughs> cool. Excellent. So, you're standing in this corridor. Uh, I'm going to stealth my way out of there. I'll say, hang on, let me go first. Okay. And Roll I'm going to stealth check. Delve up to the where I can see what's going on. That is uh nineteen. So let me just I gotta I got I gotta make a roll now. <gasps> Are we rolling dice? What the fuck is this game? What is I don't know how you roll the dice. But also we left the room. I can't believe it. We are, we're already in there for an episode and a half. <laughs> I know, amazing. So Narim, you sneak up. Nobody seems to have noticed you, so there's only one corridor leading from this uh, this safe room, basically, to the little interim that Halumi Mint was in. And as you get closer, you can hear now that the ruckus has kind of moved into that room. And as you peer around the door, you see these two, uh, these two humans dressed in the outfits of the guards that are the kind of city guards for the upper circle. They are both uh, very, very stocky, very strong looking. They have weapons on them. And uh, one of them is holding Halumi Mint by like the front of her blouse, like up off the floor um, and are speaking to her in in like low, threatening tones. Can I hear what they're saying? Yeah, with with the 17 for your passive perception, yeah. Um, One of them is uh, going... It's not that I want to cause you any trouble, Madam Mint. It's simply that I have a job to do. And you must understand, when I have a job to do, I like to see it done. We don't want any more altercations like some of the ones we've had in the past with your premises now, do we? You wouldn't want to have to rebuild all over again. Ooh. Right, I um, bounce out of there as if I've not heard any of this. And say, oh, sorry, uh, well, I don't want to interrupt. Hello, me, I just wanted to let you know, thank you very much for letting me have the use of your room. I, I'm so sorry, it won't happen again. I, I, scheduling at the Laughing Cat's been a nightmare, I tell you. Um, but anyway, me and my clients are done now. The two guards both turn to look at you. They both have uh, swords drawn. And as they look at you, the one that is not holding Halloumi Mint takes a slow step back to kick the door closed behind them so that now the the room that you're in 
is kind of blocked. And this smile goes across the face of the one holding Halloumi Mint that is slow and cold and cruel. And he goes, well, 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 there's one little mouse. Where's the rest of you? I mean, I'm all here. I sometimes (laughs) wonder, but I am all here. I'm going to turn to Taro, as you see if he is, and say, pretend we're we're a couple, okay? Uh, you're the you're the sword merchant. I'm just gonna, and I'm just gonna um, like link arms. No, can we just go? They might know me. Oh, that's all right. You, you have a beautiful woman on your arm. What's the harm? But why am I here? <laughs> uh, well, I think Nerium has just uh, insinuated we've. Um... Listen, I've done a lot of character work here, and <laughs> I'm actually, I'm just gonna. It's fine. You don't need to say anything. Yubi, are there any windows in this place? There's no windows. And also, Taro, you followed Neutral Jing into this room, and Neutral Jing has disappeared. I'm sure it's fine. Are there any windows in the corridor? Nope. It's an internal... It's like an internal corridor and an internal room in the building. Yeah. Can you, like, make me look different? Is that a thing you can do, Nat? Uh, that specifically says disguise self. I'd been maskless in the lower districts but masked in the upper districts so i might be all right here i might be able to pull this one off i'm not an arms dealer i am tarahasi the puppet <laughs> master who sells puppets okay just go with okay. it it's fine let's go okay so you two walk arm in arm toward the the door where Nerium is i guess we're doing this great i think this is a bad plan for the record but we're going with it okay so you walk up to the door and Nerium is standing there. You both see these two big guards and the one who was holding Halloumi Mint drops her. Doesn't like put her down, but like drops her and she hits the ground and she very quickly, not in a way that speaks of any like actual skill, um, but she very quickly like rolls away and she kind of scrabbles back to go kind of half under the counter that she was originally sitting on when you came in. She looks frightened, like genuinely so scared. So what you're saying is... She hit the floor, then she already got low, low, low. Oh my yeah. god, Gary. <laughs> Next no. thing we know. No, stop it. <laughs> Stay in the scene. Um, and these two these two guards turn, and they look at the two of you, and they give Nat a very suspicious look, but they look at you, Taro, and the guy who spoke before, he goes, right, and here we have our second mouse. Now where's the third one? Well, howdy, partner. I don't know what kind of mouse you've been looking for, but I'm none of them mouses. I'm just a humble puppet salesman. <laughs> We'd be looking for the final mouse who was with you when you went to go visit your dear friend in prison. Now, excuse me, I don't think there's any kind of infestation in this establishment. I don't know what you're talking about mice for. Is there an, is there an issue, officer? Does my bow look like a rodent to you? <laughs> it's very good. Okay. Uh, as you both say that, the two guards look at each other and the one who is blocking the door shrugs and she goes, it's not like any of this is going to be on record. Oh, really? And then they both draw, the- draw their swords and I would like you all to roll initiative. Yes.
it's me, Yubi, here to say as always, buongiorno. That means good giorno in Italian. Welcome to our... I'm, I stole that from Animal Crossing, but it, it makes me laugh every time someone says it to me. I hope it made you laugh. If not, blame Animal Crossing. Welcome to our show, which is not about Animal Crossing, despite what three out of four of us may have you believe. Thank you so much for listening to us. We are so, so grateful that you have decided to spend your time with us. We don't know why. Sometimes you've chosen to do that. I have to listen to every content I make, like, twice in the editing process. And sometimes I'm just like, wow, these are words that we made with our mouths and you're listening to it. Maybe we should hold an award ceremony for you, the listeners, for listening. If you are enjoying listening, however, if you're not and you're 58 episodes in, do you need to chat? Are you okay? But if you are enjoying us, then consider leaving us a review on iTunes or on the podcaster of your choice. You'll find that most podcasters, podcatchers and things allow you to leave a review or a rating. Um, Podbean does, iTunes does. I don't think Spotify does to be honest. But you know, other places do. So if you have the time and your app of choice allows you to do so, leave us a little review. Really helps us out. We're very grateful. It also really helps us out whenever you tweet about us or you make a Tumblr post about us. We are very, very, very grateful. It's absolutely incredible. We love hearing what you've got to say. People sometimes do uh, like live blogs in our Discord. That is hilarious. It's very good fun to read those. We love everybody out there who's live blogging, live tweeting and things the show. That is incredible. We are so, so grateful to you. And yeah, thank you for enjoying and listening and for posting about us and for getting new people interested in us. And we, we see the bump every time somebody does. So we're really, really grateful. Thank you. If you're looking for other ways to support us or you're looking for other ways in which you just simply get more content, do check out our Patreon. We post something new every week. It's always content to do with the mortal path. Sometimes it's music, sometimes it's maps. There's Natalia's diary explaining her Sindarian connections. There's pictures, there's cosplay, there's all sorts. You can support the show from just $2 a month. It's updated weekly with exclusive content and most content does become free to view after a month. So you should go and check it out anyway because you'll be able to see I think almost a year's worth of posts now for free. So go check it out because it's really cool. And you get to see some of the really weird maps that I've made to try and explain what's going on. It hasn't always worked. And now you can see why. <laughs> I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week because this, this episode's a little bit longer. So I also want to say a huge thank you to Rachel Graff for our theme tune. I can confirm that Rachel Graff is working on a little bit more music for us at the moment. I heard a work in progress and it slaps. It's so good. I am so excited for you to hear that when that comes along. So go and check out Rachel Graff, www.rachelgraff.com. That's Romeo, Alpha, Charlie, Hotel, Echo, Lima, Golf, Romeo, Alpha, Foxtrot, Foxtrot.com to see all of her stuff. You can find her band camp. You can find all sorts of really, really, really cool stuff that she's written. So go and check it out. I also want to say a huge thank you, of course, to Orion and to our transcribers who have done an incredible job transcribing the first slew of episodes. Really amazing. Thank you so much. We are so, so grateful. You are doing incredible work and just thank you. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the fighting. Well, I 
me and my lovely wife Janetta Beretta have never had such <laughs> poor treatment in my life. <laughs> For all your sweet Come on, huh? Let's I... give him the Beretta treatment. <laughs> uh, oh, twenty. God, okay. Oh, okay. Combat. Christ. Yeah, we're getting into it. I think Nat's maybe um, fumbling with her sword, given the new like heights and dimensions oh, yeah. of things. Oh, definitely. Um, and so six. Okay, great. Thank you. I realize I have a spell that just lets me leave, but. <laughs> I don't know I have a spell, but it's literally leaving canon, so I'm going to save that one for if things go to poop, to poop, poop. <laughs> okay. Whatever I was trying to say there. Ah, to pooty poop, poop. Yeah. <laughs> so like one of those fucking auction people, you know. I have always wanted to <laughs> I've always wanted to be one of those people. I'm not even gonna lie. I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that and you yodel. Be a- Cowboy baby, <laughs> I wanna be a cowboy baby. Oh, a cowboy baby. That's one of my favorite vines. That's so good. <laughs> okay, so uh, the one that was holding up um, Halloumi Mint is uh, advancing, and as you as as he draws his sword, and the guard behind him also draws her swords, and you get ready for a fight. He says, "I wouldn't recommend any of you trying anything." Funny. Let's keep this nice and simple. And uh, Taro, you are up first. I'll give you a quick description of the room that you're in. It's, we'll say it's very simple, 20 by 20 foot. There's two doors. It's an internal room. So it's like in the middle of this, this building. So there's no windows. There's a bar along one end, but it doesn't seem particularly well stocked. It's more like a reception desk bar rather than one that serves drinks. There's a door behind you that leads to a corridor and then the safe room. And that's the only place it goes. And then there's a door kind of in front of you that is being blocked by the other guard, which leads into the main bar area and then out of the of the squeaky cheese. So there's only one exit. Yeah. Are there civilians in this room? There's Halloumi Mint and that's it. And she's in a corner by the bar now. Okay. I really don't want to cause a fucking ruckus. Like, I like it here. It's a nice place. I think a yeah. ruckus has been caused upon you. Yeah. Uh, We've been rooked. <laughs> can I defer my turn? Is that a thing I can do? Yeah. You can. You can delay. You can either hold an action, so you'll say, I will do this when this specific thing happens, um, or you can, I'll let you delay. You can say, I'll jump back in at some point in the turn order, and then that'll be your new place in the turn order. I want to wait until until Nat and Nerium have gone. I want them to take the lead on this one. I don't have a... I don't, I don't know what to do. Okay, cool. So, Nerium. I'm going to whip out Ardell, the blade of Eusebius. Okay, and very cool. Let's just stab <laughs> the nearest one. Okay, yeah, cool. So that would be A. Okay, I will stab A. That is 18 to hit. Describe how you how you attack. What happens is I go, oh dear, we're doing this, are we? And I take out my short sword, which is very short, given that I'm only three foot. Approach. I mean, presumably I need to use my movement to zoom up to them. Well, he's like five foot away, so you only use five foot of movement to get close. Okay, yeah, I run up and I say, thing about mice is some of them bite. (laughs) Okay. You stab forward 
and your blade ching across solid plate armor underneath some of the leather. Uh, and he actually twists and he like bats your blade away because an 18 does not hit. And he gets, he Fuck. leans down okay. real close and he says, so do I. And Taro, it's your go. You're going to now leap in. Yeah. I, I mean, leap in is a strong word for what I'm going to do. Okay, um, great. <laughs> so, Nerium is in close combat with these with these bad fellows. With one of them, yes. The other one is like further back against the door. How much further back against the door? From you to them is 20 foot because you're both on opposite sides of the of the square. Cool. I'm going to combat roll to one side or like whatever Taro's <laughs> combat roll looks like. We're just probably just like falling on the floor and like crawling a bit. Okay, great. Um, Love it. To hide behind something. There's a bar? Yeah, I'll hide behind a bar. And I would like to pull out the toot-toot pipe. Okay. Uh, yes! And I'm going to cast... I'm going to play the enlarge button. Okay, very cool. Uh, okay. I would like to embiggen Nat, please. Excellent. Yes! Excellent. The target size doubles in all dimensions. Its weight is multiplied by eight. This growth increases its size by one category. Woo! Until the spell ends, the target also has advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. The target's weapons also grow to match its new size. While these weapons are enlarged, the target's attacks with them deal 1d4 extra damage. Holy shit. Now, you've now got a fucking... You've got a flaming claymore now, practically. Just like, that's insane. Also, you are twice as tall. Yeah. I will say that this room has a really tall ceiling so that you fit because because <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is too cool to be like no the ceiling's too small. So this is this my is giant very cool. wife is here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All I want I to do is see you turn into. <laughs> very very good. Okay, so Nat, as Taro seemingly just like ducks and rolls away, you suddenly hear a bit of this music and you remember this and you for a minute have a pang of terror for remembering how this has gone wrong before. However, this time, instead of embiggening the enemy, you suddenly feel yourself go super cyan. You just get even more impossibly huge because you're already like looking like Eusebius. So now you're like a double Eusebius. 12 foot 6. Yeah, hell yeah. And you are just huge and you see a flash of fear across the face of the two guards before it turns to this kind of grim determination i'm i just i don't know what to do here this is not my this is not my area of expertise i've just like i have no idea what's happened for the last like hour i'm like what is this this is not your beautiful wife <laughs> um, <laughs> yes i would like house. to to my pipe and give nat a bardic inspiration excellent so it's a 1d8 do you is there anything in particular that you played to inspire nat I don't think so. I think I'm just like, fuck it, make some any kind of noise at this point. I'm like, I'm in panic mode. Okay, you hear some panic screechings, but that does actually make you feel more competent. So the guard who was standing against the door is going to pull from behind her, like strapped on her back, a crossbow. And she is going to aim it at Nat with a seven. She takes a shot and it goes wide. And she looks at it and then she looks at the weapon. She just like throws it to the ground and she pulls out her uh, longsword instead. And she is going to uh, charge over to you. That's interesting. Is she going to be within about five foot of the other guy? Yeah, it's not a big room. So I would I would say that she is. Um, cool. 
the one in front of Nerium glances over his shoulder, sees his backup coming towards him, looks up at Nat, and then decides to take a swing at Nerium uh, with a 18 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Shouts these guards who are like stronger than any of the monsters we fought in in the Listen, in the mysterious monster world. Things have to scale in this, buddy. It doesn't have to make sense. They just gotta scale. There's this fucking Skyrim yeah. where you get to the end of it and like the crabs are immortal. That's and... it. You've got some immortal <laughs> crabs here. Uh, so he rolled max damage, so he is going to do oh, twelve fuck. points of slashing damage as he just like brings this sword down against like your arm and your shoulder. And he is going to use his goading attack. Uh, so he gets like real close to you as he does that and he says i wouldn't take your eyes off me little mouse and uh <sighs> you need to make me a wisdom saving throw please it's a nat one but luckily i'm a half uh-huh 12. you feel this kind of anger flare up and it feels tinged with that radiating magic from the drop that you recognize now as like a tingle along your veins. This anger flares up and you only want to attack this one. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your eyes on uh, this guy. So that is the end of uh, their turns. Nat. Uh, I'm going to step forward as I drew, drawing my now huge uh, blade of ruby death. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to, not going to cast ruby deaths internal flame thing i'm gonna cast green flame blade okay. and sweep it across towards uh i think it was v uh yep to, to v but the, the flame if it hits will go on to a so okay i'm running a d20 plus a d8 yeah yeah for bardic inspiration very cool yubi can i just check does a 30 hit <laughs> <laughs> no no yeah it does <laughs> okay you really needed that inspiration there. Yeah. Oh, hang on, Gary. You can add bardic inspiration after you've seen your roll. You don't have to use it. Oh, can you? Yeah. So I would have rolled a uh, 23, which I think would be enough. So I'll let you keep that because I forgot that the previous guard had multi-attack, which I'm going to use next time. So now we're <laughs> even. Okay. You can keep that D8 and I'm going to bring <laughs> back you. my multi-attack that I forgot about. So seven damage okay. is the start. Mm-hmm. And that's magic for the sword. And then for, from being big, an extra four damage. Nice. So up to 11. Uh, and then seven fire damage mm -hmm. from green blade blade. So that's 18 damage to A. Sorry, uh, V. Yep. And then that seven damage plus an additional four damage also goes over to A. Okay. From green flame blades. That's 11 damage. Very cool. I love you, Nat. Very, very cool. Describe how you don't kill them, but just just take me through this like as 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 the story. You you pull out the blade, you cast your spell. What's it look like? So I think I cast it as I'm pulling it out, and do a bit of a turn and slice across, and it maybe hits V for a chunk, and then the flames just kind of roll over. Okay. Uh, both her and. A. Very cool. So there's this there's this moment where they're both for a minute like engulfed in flame that goes out pretty quickly, but they are singed and bits of their material of their clothing is is um, you know uh, smoking and there's some kind of burn marks across their metal armor, um, and you hear like from beside Tara where Halumi is is cowering this kind of you know squeak shriek of terror, 
Um, and they they've both been a squeak, a squeak of t- the mouse. <laughs> and they both yeah. they the both mouse. they both look pretty uh, hurt, but not too much. They're pretty chunky people. These two, Narium. I look at the guard, who's the only person I can attack, mm-hmm. and I feel this this overwhelming urge to hurt them as badly as I can. Mm-hmm. And I say, and I just the one, and I cast phantasmal force. Ooh, okay. Uh, from the violet drop. Yes, you do. My eyes glow purple, and suddenly he's surrounded by uh, a little cage of staring purple eyes. Okay. Uh, very cool. What's my saving throw for that? Intelligence. Uh-huh. Oh, I rolled a 17 plus one. That's an oh, 18. Fuck. He knows it's a deception. Okay. So this, like, he, you can't see it, but this cage with all these purple eyes go open around him. And you see, like, this, like, drip of sweat go down his cheek. And he lets out this kind of shaky laugh. And he goes, so wasn't just her then. I, that's my action. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use my um, bonus action because I am a rogue to disengage and run behind the bar. Okay, it's getting crowded. There's no more space behind the bar. <laughs> Who else is behind the bar? I thought it was just Halloumi. Taro and Halloumi. Me and Mint Chocolate. <laughs> right, I'm vaulting I'm vaulting over the bar and I might land on Taro. <laughs> I'm trying not to. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> okay, Taro, it's your go. Miriam, why are you... I'm hiding here. Go somewhere else, please. <laughs> I'm trying to hit it and it's not working. Budge up. Okay, I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw you come over here. Should we just try and sneak out the exit? No, we're going to kill him. <laughs> Do we have to? Well, yeah. Fuckers. Some help would be nice. As in, continued support. Thank you very much for what you've done so far. Yeah. I'm pleased to be continuing. <laughs> did, I, did I see anyone getting hurt? As Nerium vaults over, she now has like this big gash like down over her shoulder. Like, a good bit of blood. Nerium, does that hurt a lot? Yes. <laughs> Is it urgent? I'm, it could become so. Oh, fine. I'll give I'll give the old tutu pipe. I'll give it two. I'll give it two. Excellent. On the cure wounds. So that's 1d8 plus three hit points. It, it, it's full. Oh, it's full, isn't yeah. it? Eight to yeah. eight, 11. You're nearly back up to full. Oh, thank you. How does this look, Tara, when you when you play these these notes, this magic, and you, you're looking at Nerim, you can see that big open wound across her. I think it just stitches itself back up like fabric or something. Oh, oh nice. very cool. Very cool. Love it. Okay. Um, anything else you'd like to do on your turn? I'm going to talk to the mouse. Okay. Halloumi Mint, <laughs> who's a gnome. <laughs> a known gnome. Oh, gnome, whatever, same thing. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Is there any other way out of here? Like a wine cellar, anything like that? No. Uh, <laughs> I was. I'm still in the process of rebuilding from the last time. Yeah, and you built it without another exit. Very smart. Very, very good. Um, okay, I guess we'll try and get you out the door while there's a distraction going on. Thank you. She like grabs your hand and she like has like a death grip on your hand. <laughs> she is terrified. And you're not sure if it's just because of the guards or because you're all suddenly casting spells like Bilio, um, which is not a thing that she would have like seen normally, but she is terrified. Okay, very cool. So, V and A 
are both going to use uh, their. I know VNA. I know. <laughs> I only noticed that when I wrote them down. Um, hey. Then they're both going to pull out their shields and they're going to kind of get ready to like settle in to this this fight because that is going to help them a lot. Nah, it's your go. Is there anything visually distinctive? It feels weird calling them VNA. We will say that. Uh, the A, who was the one who was immediately threatening, his armor is kind of like bronzed, and uh, okay. V, her armor is way more like silvered. It looks a bit finer. I'm going to look down at, yeah, look down. Yeah. Um, at both of these guards, and my attention is going to first rest on the one with the silvered armor, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say, eat shit, dickwad. <laughs> <laughs> Love it casting my curse of course, of course. Um, upon her uh, and striking down okay cool that's uh 20 do i use my inspiration you know what i'll, I'll do it just for safety because i i don't want to metagame too much ah 28 yep that'll hit ah it's dice time mm. so against the silver one that's Three plus five, now plus another three, so that's fourteen. Mm-hmm. Because she is the subject of my curse. Yep. And then they're both gonna take two points of fire damage. And then the bronze one is gonna take an extra four points of fire damage. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. There's just this huge flaming inferno of a uh, elf woman now with this huge sword who's just going ham on these two guards. However, these two guards, they're holding up pretty good. They have come prepared for a fight. You get the feeling they knew that they were going against some kind of magic user if they found her. Maybe not three magic users, um, but they are relatively well armored and well and well prepared for this. And they have their shields. And so they are now starting to... Oh, that's all right. I've come for a fight too. Sink into it. Okay, cool. Nerium, it's your go. On the basis that I am attacking from behind the bar. Oh, am I still uh, required to only hit one of them? Oh, no, until the end of the bodyguard's next turn, so no. No, okay. So I would like to aim for the one that is engaged in uh, uh, melee with Nat. Is that both of them or? Yeah, they both are. They both are, okay. Well, then I'll go for this first guy because actually, genuinely, he has got my back up a bit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I will attack him, but I'm going to throw a dagger. Ooh. And I am very much not going to hit. Okay. Fuck. Right, dodge back down again. Go, sorry, Nat. Okay, anything else on your turn? That, that, literally all I can do uh, at that point, if I don't hit, is a bonus action. I'm dodging and I'm technically hiding behind the bar, so... I'm harder okay. to hit, and I can get sneak yeah. attack. Yeah, I'm giving you, I'm giving you cover for yeah, that. Yeah, cover. Um, yeah, Taro, Narian pops up, throws a dagger. You hear the king, king, king of a dagger missing entirely. Oh. She comes back down. I'm Shit. trying to find a way to crawl around to the door. Okay, um, the so the bar is like against the wall on the door side, and then um, kind of goes away from the door. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, so basically, if you came out the gap in the bar, then it's on the other side of where the door would be. Because otherwise, if somebody came in the door and the bar at the same time, you'd have a crash. So they put the... It's at the other end of the bar. But I could still hop the bar. Oh yeah, definitely. Are the other are fighters near the door now or have they moved away? 
Uh, I would say it's a 20 foot room. Nat is now taking up like 10 foot of it. So they are within melee reach of the door. They could turn around and swing you if you went for the door. Hmm. This fight is kind of happening in the middle of a room. So they could, they could reach you. Well, that's not helpful. Hmm. My plan is over. That's it. The dream is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Brain empty. Uh, let's try and make one small. Okay. Which one are you making small? The bronze armor one or the silver armor the one? The silver armor one seems better, right? Silver armor one. She's been hit more. Okay. Um, so, I believe she'll get a saving throw. What does the spell say? Uh, con 14. Con 14. Okay. Oh, God. Mmm, my dude. She rolled a natural 15. I'm so a sorry. And Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's my turn. Okay. You duck down as well, look to Nerium, both <laughs> vaguely helplessly. <laughs> ah, yeah. ah. Nothing's, nothing's working. Oh, remember when you were in Fallen Cities beating up demons and shit, and now these two guys are all in, <laughs> and you're just people, like, oh, can't yeah. do anything. Two human people yeah. have beaten the shit out of us when we... When we... <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's going well, on, Paz? I mean, to be fair, I'm trying not to ruin the shop and my friends, so I can't use any yeah. of my good spells. Yep, very true. Very true. So the um, silver armored one is going to start taking uh, swings at Nat. So she's Bring going it. to. Yeah, well. First one is a Nat one. She whiffs. Some of cool. the like screeching music from, from Tara's <laughs> toot toot pipe clearly throw her <laughs> off. As does the dagger that like whizzes over her head. And the second one is a natural 19. So that's going to be a 26 to hit. Okay. And that does hit. Yeah. And you take uh, 11 points of uh, piercing uh, slashing damage. Slashing damage, because it's a longsword. As she manages to get a good hit okay. on kind of like your midriff level, I should think. Bronze Dharma, one, is going to uh, draw his weapon back and start swinging at you. And he is rolling with advantage because of one of his feats. So, oh. fucker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, that is a 22 to hit on the first one. I'm going to throw up a shield. Okay. That adds 5 to your AC, right? And is it just for that one attack or is it till the end of your turn? It's the start of my next turn. Okay, great. So, he attacks forward with your sword. This, what's it look like, your shield? Uh, shadows. So, it's like Ooh. a um, like a, a shadowy hoplon appears Okie dokie. and deflects the blade. <laughs> very, very cool. You hear him go, what the fuck? And he's going to swing again with advantage. Uh, so that is an 18 plus 7, which is a fuck. 25. Yeah, that gets through. Okay. Uh, he only rolled a 1 for damage, so that's 5 points of slashing damage. Uh, and he's going to make his final attack because he manages to get through the shield, but only just. So he manages to like get under a bit of this kind of cascading shadow, kind of nicks you, and then empowered by this, he's going to go again. Okay. Uh, with a 20 unnatural to hit. Uh, that The hoplon covers it. Okay. And again, your shadows kind of like bash his sword back and he kind of lets out this growling noise. Nat, it is your go. <laughs> I- I'm approaching... Um, full strength, but I'm not there quite yet. I'm now going to activate Ruby Death's flame. Jesus. Okay. Yes. <laughs> a bit much. <laughs> fucking charging. Fucking. <laughs> okay. And strike at silver. Who? That's an 18. But 
I am also going to use Favored by the Gods. Okay. So th th that's a miss, right? 18. 18 is a miss, yeah. So if I fail a saving throw or miss an attack, you can roll 2d4 and add it to the total. That's quite good. Okay. Yeah, isn't it? Fucking 2d4. Once per short rest. So that's an extra four, so that's 22. Mm -hmm. And then an extra one, so that's 23. Okie dokie. Very, very cool. Does, you hit. Does that hit? Okay. Yeah. Now it's what calculation time. What does it look like? <laughs> you use this like favor of the gods, though. Like This is your patrons. Like What happens? So I swing the sword around. I think her shield comes up and just there's like this impossible just shift slightly downwards in the sword that like Nat couldn't have done. But the sword just drops slightly to go under the shield. Oh, and very cool. Strikes across, dealing. Oh, it's calculation time. <laughs> Welcome to math. Nine plus 12 damage so far and another d8. Okay, 15 damage to silver and seven damage to bronze. Silver is starting to look pretty, pretty battered. She is kind of like got a bit more of like a kind of like squat to her. She's hunched down a bit more. She's clearly having to like use a bit of her mental fortitude to keep going. There's like sweat dripping down her face. There's that kind of terror there, but there's also like the thrill of a fight going behind her eyes. That kind of like violence that she is, she's into. Yeah, uh, Nerium. It's your go. Okay, right. Well, let's. Um, now that I'm all healed up, I am hoping that I can uh, scramble onto the top of the bar, lift my uh, Ardell the Blade of Eusebius, and just do a jump and smack it down into Bronze Guy. Very cool. Oh, okay. Whether or not it hits, we shall see. Okay. Okay. Oh, and I'm going to use Shadow Strike with it if it does. Natural okay. 20! Nice! Oh, oh very yes. good! Okay. Yeah, so, um, and presumably I get sneak attack this time. Uh, yeah, I'll say that because he's engaged with, with that. Okay, so that is, so that is three plus eight uh, piercing damage plus five psychic damage. <laughs> Uh, plus uh, nine sneak attack piercing damage. So that's 22 points of damage. Nice. And I'm using shadow strike with it. So that is... <laughs> uh, six cold damage and six damage. Six cold damage to silver. Okay. Very, very, very fucking cool. And as I do that, I go... Sorry, took me a bit. I'm here now. Sorry, Nat. Nice strike, Neri. Very cool. You see this, after this kind of fire has rolled across them, you see going like back like waves, this kind of of ice go from one to the other. And the one in bronze armor kind of turns, you see his eyes widen and then narrow in pure hatred. Hang on, though, that was a natural 20. Yeah. So that all doubles. Oh, buddy, why weren't you doubling it while I was doing it? So 28 doubled is... 56 minus 5. So that's 51 damage to the first guy, because 5 of that is my um, ability modifier. And the other one is 6 minus 12 minus 1, which is 11 to the other person. I got it. Took me a while, but I just did 51 damage to that bastard. Yeah, you just. Yeah. You just and the one strike out damaged that's what I call me. Big so. damage. Good work. Yeah, you just fuck that guy's day up. And you can now see that you've actually torn some of the armor 
like open there's a huge gash down his back there's like a little spit of blood like over you from it because you have to like slide down his back to the floor with yeah. your blade um and although some of it like freezes almost like cauterized by the cold yeah you do get like the splash of blood over you and i look up at him and i say squeak squeak motherfucker <laughs> okay okay and as, okay. as you do that as i say to them see you've fallen into our trap i am just the greatest decoy <laughs> Jesus oh Christ, Taro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Taro, it's your go. So I think from my perspective, I'm still in a position where, like, I didn't know what was going on. Some scary people showed up, which were able to, like, fight on even terms with Giant Nat. I heard a massive crunch of, like, bone and stuff. There is a gnome, like, grabbing me and yelling, and I'm like, ah! Um, and I think all those thoughts, like, coalesce to, like, an instinct to get out and escape. Mm. Um, and I think I'm going to not consciously attempt to cast Dimension Door. Oh. Okay, I'm Ooh. going to say that I think because this works so well in character and in such an instinctive level, I'm going to say you don't have to roll for this one. Cool. Nice. Because you're you're so within your character and it's such an organic thing that this is just going to happen. Can I flavor it? Yeah, please. I've been thinking about this one. And I reckon this is a spell Vesper learnt in Sindarian. Mm, um, okay. Do you remember the ghost feel? Yes. yes. We talked about being able to travel through the ghost field to get to other places. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I think what, what anyone who would be looking at, at Taro at this point would see is just that Taro just vanishes. Just like one moment Taro and, and Mint are there and then they're not the next um but what taro sees is that like the whole world just changes into i can't remember how we described it i think we described it as a little bit between a mix of like the upside down and also a bit of like when frodo puts on the ring and it goes into like the shadow world type thing yeah i think there was something about like threads and strings or something like it was made up of like like threads of like ectoplasmic energy or something yeah, that kind of like oh. stringy, weird stuff that you get in like Stranger Things, the upside down type. Yeah. Everything's kind of weird and floaty and it's odd. It's all like like kind of black and white. And it, it kind of looks like the geometry of like... Geometry? Geography of, of where they were like a second ago. But it's like, it's different. Like there is, they're not in a building. Like they're just, they're just there. Um, and I think Taro and... and what you call them just like run in a in a straight line towards where the wall was um and then just reappear back in in the real world outside the building okay that is very very cool so as you kind of like get up and start running you kind of have to drag halumi a bit because she is now even more terrified on a very kind of instinctual primal level and you kind of get the feeling as you glance over to her that you are somebody who has now moved in magic and you're kind of grudgingly used to it but she is very much not and you have equivalent plunged her into the deep end when it comes to a magical experience for for herself here. yeah um and she is looking at you like wide-eyed and actually as you look at her this person that you've kind of brought into this kind of spirit field you can see almost like this mirror image of her like this superimposedness of her and you understand instinctively that like that is her soul and her essence and the thing like the the ghost that is powering 
her body and in this moment they are connected but not as strongly as they should be and as you're kind of like gripping her hand to lead her forward you almost have to adjust your grip so you're kind of holding on to that spirit as well as her body to pull her through and as you pull her through the wall there's this kind of feeling for you that feels like when you transport when you teleport and you have to really grip onto that soul and body to keep them together as you pull her through this wall and back onto the grass outside of the squeaky cheese and you are both in the sunlight on a sunny day and she is kind of like gasping and for a minute you can almost see that shifting over her as these two parts kind of shiver back into one thing and she looks at you with like these huge eyes and she goes what are you a tea thing i think (laughs) (laughs) 